T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I do need to make a clarification. Someone pointed out on the text line that there's golf. There's no golf Tomorrow on television, the final round of the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego is today. What I was intending to say is that there's no televised golf on Sunday because of the football game. CBS uh, has the early game tomorrow, so they agreed to move the Farmers Insurance Open up final round today at Torrey Pines in San Diego. So for the for the person who sent the text, I just want to throw it out there. Uh, I think they added, what have you been drinking? And uh, I had a Diet Coke earlier, and I've got water at, at the moment. So I, I'm sorry if I wasn't clear. With football tomorrow, the final round of the Farmers Insurance Open is today. So no golf or PGA Tour golf on Sunday. And that that's what Carrie and I were visiting Yeah, you can about. Call or text or you can blame me for that one. I brought no, no, it up. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and, and you know, no blame. It, it's just a texter thought I said there's no golf. And it's like, there's, there's golf right now. I have it on. I'm, I'm watching it um, at, at Torrey Pines. It looks like it's cloudy in San Diego. Kind of a bummer. Uh, anyway, let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joining us. Steve Carney, outdoors.com is the website. Steve-O, how you been? Wonderful, Steve. That uh, golf connotation kind of gets me going. I wish I was at Torrey Pines. Well, yeah, it, it looks really good. I love this West Coast swing. Here we are in the cold and the snow and the ice, and uh, they're, they're playing golf somewhere. So I, I always enjoy this part of the PGA Tour season. But the good news is the bite is still good, Steve. Yeah, you know, it's been really good all week, Steve, until this northwest wind came in yesterday, and that kind of killed the bite today. I was out today for three hours, and I don't like northwest winds. I really don't. It always kind of signifies a change in the weather, and, you know, people talk about east winds. They don't like east. I I don't mind an east wind, but this northwest wind really shut things down, and I kind of anticipated. I saw that coming, but... I'm kind of switching to the coyote mode right now. I've uh, been spending a lot of time this week scouting areas that I'm going to be calling coyotes this week. And it's really important that you get out during daylight and kind of check the terrain uh, that you're going to be hunting. Because a lot of times, you know, we go out very early in the morning before the sun comes up or in the evening when it's just starting to get dark. And you really have to get familiar with the area that you're going to be calling coyotes out of. And that is the most critical part. And, you know, entering these areas, you just can't show up, you know, with a vehicle with lights on and, you know, 
you know, uh, you actually alert every, you know, critter in the valley when you do that. So you have to kind of develop a strategy how you're going to enter into the area quietly and, you know, watch what the wind is doing and what the temperatures are. But a lot of it is this, you know, legwork that you need to do in the very beginning um, just to kind of learn the terrain and know where you want to go in the dark because the best coyote hunting at this time of the year is right away in the morning before the sun comes up and then the last about 20 minutes in the evening before the sun goes down. So you really got to get a you know really good idea of the terrain during daylight so you know what you're doing. Uh, one of the things you wanted to bring up on the program today, and this is good, I remember doing this uh, in, in Fayette when I was a kid. It was my first exposure to it, and I've used snowshoes from time to time in my life. They are very effective and there's great lightweight snowshoes and for those anglers that want to get out on the ice but there's a lot of snow and they don't have a snowmobile this is a great option they work very well you know steve they have really come a long way and you're going to kind of get a chuckle out of this one i just retired my old wood one (laughs) <laughs> They're called Alaskans. They're from the 60s and 70s, the big, heavy, three-foot-long monster snowshoes, and I just retired them recently and uh, picked up a couple of these new aluminum versions, which yeah. it's insane how many snowshoes there are on the market. There's hundreds of them. And now we use what's called trekking poles, which is kind of like ski poles. So it has evolved into this kind of elite equipment now, where everything's aluminum, it's light, it's leather. And the big thing to remember with snowshoes, in fact, I can't get out to these coyote spots unless I'm using snowshoes. We have so much snow. But they come in in sizes of 20 inches, 25, and 30. So you need to get the right size according to your weight of your body. That's kind of how they, they judge these different versions of these snowshoes. It's all about your weight matching it with the length of the snowshoes but they are amazing they're light they're aluminum um they're they're just amazing and it's such a change from the old alaskan ones that we used to kind of pick up and drop and pick up and drop and they had to be 30 40 pounds but yeah it's really changed and i don't really snowshoe socially i mean i'm not going to go out on a lake and go snowshoeing i don't do that i have to have a shotgun or a rifle on my back when I snowshoe, so I'm hunting. That's when I enjoy it the most. But yeah, it's a hoot. It's uh, and it's really growing in popularity. It's just just amazing how you know that's turned into just a great recreational thing. Yeah, but a, a great tool as well out on the ice, though on a, on a lake where the you know you got a lot of snow depth and maybe you don't have access to a snowmobile and you're getting off the beaten path to get to a spot to, to drill holes. Snowshoes pay dividends. I mean, it, it, it's a great thing to have handy. You know, what's kind of neat about them, Steve, is the, most of the modern ones now have teeth underneath, which yep. kind of pivot as you move your foot. So you actually have spikes that go into the snow as you snowshoe. So what that means is if you hit some ice or something hard, you're going to have a good grip. You know, the old Alaskan snowshoes I was talking about before, you came onto something harder ice, you're going down. I mean, there's no uh, friction there. But now these new uh, snowshoes have these just gigantic teeth that pivot underneath. So, again, they're just evolved into this uh, engineering marvel. And, um, yeah, they're most amazing, most amazing. Um, What do you expect to see in the coming week? What are your plans in the outdoors, Steve? 
Well, I'm not sure, Steve. I'm trying to uh, think about getting my boat rigged. I probably will be out in open water next month, and I'm, you know, a little worried about, uh, you know, getting what I need to get a boat put together. The supply chain thing is still happening. Uh, hard to get trolling motors right now. It's hard to get electronics, and um, I'm a little worried, but, you know, still the best uh, coyote and fox hunting will be in the next four to five weeks. Ice fishing, we're winding down a little bit, but... Uh, the good news, we don't have the slush anymore. Everything is hardened up. You can get anywhere you want to go in a snowmobile. There's people driving now quite a bit. Uh, so we have a couple more weeks of the walleye season yet, but we still have some of the best pan fishing for crappies and bluegills you know, coming up as we get into February and into March. So we're, we're still hanging in there. It's just uh, the weather issue. It's just uh, I'd really like some stability in the weather and you know, one day it's 32 below, and then it's 10 above, and I think a lot of this topsy-turvy weather has really affected the fishing. It just has not really been consistent weather-wise, but, you know, we'll see what happens as we, you know, get into this week. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. We'll do it again in a week. Sounds great, Steve. Have a great rest of the weekend. All right, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com, and He's been joining us for years on the weekends, sometimes Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. Right now, he's joining us Saturdays right after the news at 4 o'clock. We still have a lot more to come up. Uh, we're going to talk more about Tom Brady. We'll talk more about the NFL playoff games tomorrow. A little bit later on in the hour, it looks like players and owners are going to get together. Uh, the, the players apparently have made another proposal. Players and owners will meet Monday afternoon trying to get this lockout ended so we can begin that important countdown to pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training in Florida and Arizona. I'm I'm ready. And it'll it'll be fun to talk a little baseball with Phil Miller here at about 4.35. Coming up after 5 o'clock, we're going to step away from the world of sports and we're going to talk about the ridiculous cost overruns on the Southwest Light Rail Transit Line from Target Field out to Eden Prairie. We have learned it could cost another half a billion dollars more and not open for five years. Uh, We will visit with Senator Dave Osmick, a Republican from Mound, about this particular story and what can be done. Because there is talk, another $500 million plus may need to be thrown at this project. So we'll get into all of that coming up. And then Andy Greeter, who covers the Golden Gophers and Minnesota United FC, will join us at about 535 here on this Saturday afternoon. Another thing we'll do, we will update the leaderboard at uh, Torrey Pines. The Farmers Insurance Open final round today. Will Zalatoris leading a handsome leaderboard. We'll have all of that for you in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. It is a Sports Saturday here at News Talk. E3OWCCO. Steve Thompson in. Carrie Klatt is our producer. Al Schock handling the news. And we still have a lot of great guests coming up. Phil Miller covers MLB and the Twins for the Star Tribune. Players and owners scheduled to meet on Monday afternoon, and are they getting close? We'll get Phil's thoughts on all of that. 
And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about the to-do list for the home nine as soon as the lockout ends. I'm guessing job one is, is finding starting pitching. Job number two is to find bullpen help. I think the everyday lineup is in pretty good shape, but pitching, pitching, pitching uh, have got to be high on the priority list for Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, and company when the lockout ends for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, we talked a little bit about Tom Brady. and it, it, This is fun. And the one thing about Twitter, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, and there's a lot of crackpots, and there's a lot of bots, and there's a lot of things you need to be wary of. But generally, if you follow credible sources, and I follow people that I know and people that I trust, it can be a valuable resource. Because once upon a time in this business, when I got started, there was the old AP wire, and it was a teletype that sat out in the hallway. My, my first paid radio gig was out in Montevideo. And, and we real, literally had an AP machine that, that would type out stories. It wasn't the loud teletype that maybe you see in old movies, but it was still a printer that AP would send a story and it would print it out. And part of your job when you were on the air, particularly at night or on the weekend, was to rip the wire, which meant you went through all that copy and you would put the national stories on one nail, and literally there were nails on the wall, and you would take that paper and you'd rip it, and you'd hang that, and you'd state stories and weather and sports news, and every now and then there would be a bulletin. And in a scrapbook somewhere I have some of the, you know, big bulletins that came over the wire. Well, that went the way of the dinosaur once computers came along and the AP, the Associated Press, would send stories and send copy into the computer and keep a constant record. And it's been that way for many, many years. So the romance of the teletype and the the ripping and reading of stories. In some ways, Twitter has become that if you know where to look where you'll get constant information from credible sources in real time. And I'm not saying that AP doesn't do a good job because AP does that, but now generally they lag behind the good sources on Twitter. So when it first broke that Tom Brady was retiring, and there were two people with ESPN that that had that story, and now people around Brady are backtracking on that. Tom Brady Sr. Uh, told a news outlet in San Francisco that it's not necessarily true. Now, this could be just damage control because it leaked out. And that Tom Brady, and rightfully so, wanted to call it a career on his own terms. And to have a reporter beat him to the punch and steal the thunder and all of those sorts of things has to be a bit disappointing. But that's the way of the world. There, there aren't a lot of secrets anymore. Especially when it comes to sports and sports figures and uh, player movement and all that sort of thing. There, there just isn't a sport where someone isn't leaking someone to, 
you know, some information to someone and it gets out. Agents, people around the team, etc. So, uh, once again, some conflicting information. My expectation is that Tom Brady won't play another down in the NFL. He hasn't made it official, but I don't think Tom Brady will play in 2022 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or with anyone else. So we'll, we'll see about it. Hard to argue with his great greatness. The seven Super Bowl victories is enough for me. Six in New England, one in Tampa Bay. Uh, the number of AFC championship games now uh, in the NFC took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and turned that around very quickly and got them a Super Bowl victory. A lot of people tied Tom Brady to Bill Belichick, and rightfully so. But the seven Super Bowl wins as a quarterback, absolutely incredible. And the longevity of his career is a marvel as well. Still playing at a very high level. And the ability to be able to go out on top, not limp to the end of his career. I think I brought it up with Matthew Collar. Ben Roethlisberger stayed around maybe a year or two too long but on the flip side you can't blame these players for hanging around as long as they can the fame the fortune that uh, paycheck every week in season for quarterbacks million two million dollars per game you look at Kirk Cousins salary Kirk's getting about two million per game in the NFL it's pretty hard to walk away from that kind of dough. And all the attention, weekly appearance on television, all the things that go along with it. But, uh, you know, Tom Brady, if he wants to, could get into television. He's already doing a lot of spots. It'll, it'll be very interesting to me to see what Tom Brady does after his playing career is over. Does he stay in the game? in some way, shape, or form. I don't think he'll coach. I, I don't I don't think he has that desire. But but will he have some sort of role on television? Because one thing I will say about Tom Brady, and I have to admire his career. He's the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. There's no debating that, in my opinion. But as an interview, pretty dry. Um Kind of middle of the road, a little boring when it comes to the interviews. Uh, he, he did a bit with Jim Gray uh, around uh, Westwood's one, Westwood One's NFL coverage. And I always thought the interviews were pretty pat, that he didn't, he didn't offer a lot of insight. But maybe that'll change as if he does decide to become an analyst on television or have some sort of role. Maybe like the Mannings and and what they do around Monday Night Football. So we'll see about that. Oh, I promise golf. Uh, final round of the Farmers Insurance Open. There is golf today. No golf tomorrow. The PGA Tour takes the day off. Final round of the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego. And Will Zalatoris is your leader at 15 under par. Luke List, John Rahm. And Jason Day, one back. Justin Rose, Ryan Palmer, Billy Horschel, Cameron Tringali, all in a big group at 13 under par. 
And then there's another group at 12 under. So it's going to be an exciting back nine at Torrey Pines in the final round today on this Saturday of the Farmers Insurance Open. And the next week, it's Pebble Beach, the AT&T. And then in two weeks around the Super Bowl, they'll be in Scottsdale at the uh, Waste Management at the TPC of Scottsdale. That's always a lot of fun. And then in three weeks, they'll be at Riviera in suburban Los Angeles for one of my favorite stops on the PGA Tour. It is 4.30. We'll have the weather in a moment. We'll talk a little MLB with Phil Miller. He covers the Twins for the Star Tribune. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the lone uh, electee to the Hall of Fame, David Ortiz. Did Phil vote for David Ortiz? We'll get into that coming up here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. If winter was like this, I wouldn't complain that much. This isn't that bad. Uh, enjoy the day today. It looks like uh, we'll stay pretty comfortable at least through Tuesday before we get another cold snap. Uh, this time of year we're doing our countdown to pitchers and catchers. Not quite yet. Uh, we hope spring training will get started at some point in time. Vin Miller joins us from the Star Tribune. Uh, covers the Twins online at StarTribune.com. Phil, how you been? Uh, bored as ever, Steve. Uh, did you enjoy <laughs> Twins Fest this weekend? No, I know. No, me neither. Yeah, the, the Twins Winter Caravan is a great tradition, and I know uh, I have a lot of friends and a lot of contacts in the upper Midwest and in the sports media, and that, that is something that uh, Twins fans all around the region I really enjoy, and of course, Twins Fest is always a lot of fun. I will say this, Target Field's been fine, but the Metrodome was a great venue for Twins Fest, and that is one thing I miss about the Metrodome is Twins Fest in that building. Yeah, I'd like to know, you know, they've talked uh, a few times about uh, moving it uh, into the into U.S. Bank Stadium uh, and have it out on the turf the way they did at the Metrodome. And, yeah. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, and I wonder if uh, if the uh, Twins will find a way to do that because Twins Fest is more fun when it's when it's in one big giant room like it was at the Metrodome, and you can uh, it, you you get a sense of the crowd and the sense of the excitement. And Target Field is nice, but three levels and spread all over the park. It it, it hasn't been the same since they moved there. Yeah, and I will say this: once once they get uh, U.S. Bank Stadium set up, and, and they play a ton of college baseball games in that facility if it's set up in a baseball configuration you know even better and then what i like is when they had a spot for the kids to be able to play wiffle ball and all of that i I thought it was great fun so so hopefully the twins can get together with the powers that be over at uh the people's stadium and and get that done for a twins fest coming up um the one thing we do know the logout continues but it sounds like the players have been somewhat active in making counter proposals. Now we're not exactly sure what what some of these proposals have been, but it sounds like they're going to meet Monday afternoon and get together. That that's got to be a positive. That at least there's some talk, some movement that they are getting together and chat. Yeah, I, I think one thing that happened this week is it becomes more clear that I, that young players getting younger players who are. Uh, um, more valued by their teams and very, very low paid, 
getting them uh, better paid is one. It might be the uh, the the crucial issue that uh, that allows this to get settled. The owners are willing to uh, change the uh, raise the minimum wage, and they uh, this week they made a proposal to create a pool of money that would they would. Um, pay at the end of the year to the best-performing young minimum salary players. Wow. Uh, um, the owners suggested a pool of about $10 million, and the players suggested a pool of about $110 million. So there's a gap there. <laughs> right. But uh, just th- that, they have, that they may have found a concept that they can agree on uh, seems like great progress. If, if I was the owners, I'm sure they're looking for my advice, I would walk in uh, on Monday and say, look, we'll double the minimum the minimum wage, or, or say we're going to make the minimum wage a million dollars. You play in the in the big leagues for a year, you make you're a millionaire basically. Uh, it it sounds like that would be really expensive, but actually, the way the salaries are on the high end, that's a pretty inexpensive proposal for the owners to make. It would create incredible goodwill with the majority of the players' association. The union is is more than half made up of players who make less than a million dollars. I think it would be pretty popular. Another thing it would do would it would it would allow them to be allow them to have some good feelings between the two sides so they can begin addressing the problems with the the game on the field and not just the financial stuff. So I I know they weren't looking for my advice but uh it it seems like a uh, one route to uh settling this eventually. Yeah, and I think that would would be ideal and then uh, if you're able to settle some of the finer tuning stuff behind the scenes like the games being played with service time i i know the players backed off on the number of years you need to be in the major leagues before you're an unrestricted free agent i'm sure they got the indication the owners were not going to back off on that but if if they can find some ground in there where the vast majority of major leaguers, as you point out, get a nice bump in pay going into, and then a pool. And I think the fans would get a kick out of that as well. I, I think this could be a fan-friendly proposal because I think fans do like um, bonuses based on players mm-hmm. that have a big year and you know hit 30 home runs or drive in 100 runs and they're just a young kid and – you know, there there is a bonus pool. I, I think that would be fun for fans to talk about, you know, players that are, you know, up for a bonus if they reach certain sure. incentives. Who is going to get uh, the biggest – who deserves the biggest uh, bonus? Sure, who, uh, yeah. Yeah, who, who had a big September. And, yeah, and that's – you know, transparency is not baseball's thing. So, uh, you know, they'd have to find a way to, uh, to allow uh, fans to be a part of that. But from a PR standpoint, that's – that's brilliant. You pay for you. You earn your bonus, as opposed to a lot of fans perceive that guys sign contracts and then it doesn't matter what they do. Uh, that uh, you know, and and they still get their salary. Uh, every year we hear fans frustrated, uh, upset over some of the arbitration numbers where guys who had bad years but still have more service time get these big pay raises, and it makes it seem yeah. like it's just not fan friendly. You're right. This would be the very opposite. Uh, it could be like, uh, oh, that hit, hitting his 30th home run and, and instead of finishing with 29 earns him an extra 50,000. Uh, yeah, that that kind of that sort of thing could uh, be uh, popular with the fans. The, the the downside is you got a guy with 29 home runs 
swinging for the fences every time up. <laughs> right. But yeah. Uh, uh, it uh, yeah, there's some there's some things to be worked out there. But uh, you're right, though. The players dropped their insistence that uh, you need less than six years for free agency. Another big step towards. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't believe spring training is going to start on time, but. I'm uh, more optimistic than I was a week ago. Yeah, and e- even if they can get pitchers and catchers into camp by the end of February, uh, still seems that that could be in play if they get something done, if the meetings on Monday are, predict- are productive and they have a good week, that that's still in play, that spring training, we could still see a lot of spring training games in March. Yeah, uh, and so they do have another month. You know, we didn't see any, uh, like the negotiations a year ago over the COVID rules. We, after the meetings, there wasn't leaks about, oh, the, the uh, players' are, proposals are stupid and we would never agree to that. And, and taking uh, shots at either side, it seems honestly productive. And the sides seem to understand that uh, – uh, a public war is is just going to kill them, especially uh, boy at a time now where the NFL is uh, is making fans uh, with every game they play. Uh, baseball, maybe they can get through this without it being a public relations disaster. Phil Miller joining us covers uh, the Twins for the Star Tribune, um, and I'm sure every general manager in the league has a to do list and. Uh, a wish list and, and things they need to get done. And I think for Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, the, the list is pretty short. Pitching, pitching, pitching. pitching they need pitching, to. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> when, when, when things open back up, they got to find some pitching. They do. Uh, they're going to have to uh, uh, almost certainly work some trades. The, uh, the pool of free agent pitchers, which was fairly deep as free agency opened, um, got picked over very quickly. You know, the Twins, uh, they only got Dylan Bundy out of that, and that is another reclamation project, which they've uh, had several in the past few years. They need to uh, work out some trades. Now, the one thing that they're not allowed to uh, work with um, agents and players during the lockout, uh, and you're not supposed to be publicly discussing trades with other front offices, but I can't imagine that there haven't been some... Uh, some what if, some hypotheticals, not actual negotiations, but I uh, would have to think that the tra- that the Twins have a couple of good ideas about uh, where they can get some veteran pitching. The one thing that the Twins do have going for them is uh, uh, a lot of top uh, top prospect lists have come out uh, in the past uh, couple of weeks. Baseball America's top 100 minor league players included either five or six twins on it and uh, three of them were pitchers those are some of the best prospects uh, almost certain major leaguers by the time you're on that list so they've got uh, a, a good uh, pool of of nearly ready for the majors pitchers coming up uh, whether or not they can turn that from potential into uh, on the field results we're gonna we'll know that in about three years but uh it, it doesn't the situation might not be as dire as it seemed uh when the lockout began yeah and the the one thing i would like to see get done and i said this uh through the end of the regular season and and right into the off season i wish i get a deal done with michael pineda just seems to be a good fit 
veteran guy. I know he's had his ups and downs with uh, suspensions and, and, and so forth along the way, but it, that just seemed to be a no-brainer. I know job one was getting Byron Buxton. They did get that deal done. I, w- I wish something would have got done with Michael Pineda before the lockout. Yeah, that's a good point. He is a, a he's not going to be a number one or number two starter nope. anymore. But uh, but you're right. When he was when he was healthy, which was an issue, and when he was not suspended, which was an issue, um, it uh, he was effective. He was kind of sneakily effective in the uh, Twins rotation. He'd be a great guy just to have the fourth fifth spot. You send him out there every fifth day, and you're right. He loved Minneapolis. He. Uh, he talked quite a bit, uh, just uh, chatting on the field. He talked about how much he liked pitching in Target Field. He uh, likes likes being here, so it would be a good fit. I would not be surprised if there's some talk, um, but you know the suspension and the injuries do have the effect of holding the price down. And uh, I wonder if uh, if the Twins might get outbid for him. But it would not surprise me if uh, if he comes back. Yeah, just think it would be a good fit, a no-brainer, just right out of the lockout, get a deal done with him, and then, you know, that that that's one less thing they need to worry about going into the season. One other thing I, I wanted to bring up, Phil, uh, Hall of Fame, uh, David Ortiz, uh, the lone player on the modern-day ballot elected to the Hall of Fame. Uh, some big names will have to go to a, a veterans committee, if you will, or an old-timers ballot. And that includes Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Your thoughts on David Ortiz getting the call to the hall? Well, just uh, uh, happy for him. Uh, he was always, uh, you know, I don't know how much this played into his election, but he was always a tremendous guy to work for. He is uh, such a has such stature, such a uh, uh, leader, uh, such a leadership role uh, with the Red Sox. It's uh, not a coincidence that they uh, won three championships with him there. The I was happy with the top of the the ballot. It's the bottom of the ballot that uh, that bothered me a little bit. I the presence of Kurt Schilling, Bonds, Clemens, Sammy Sosa on the ballot made it difficult for uh, Joe Nathan to uh, reach five percent, and he fell uh, mm. just three votes short, I think, of remaining on the ballot. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but. He should have had more than one year's chance. I'm glad Tory Hunter uh, cleared uh, that threshold and will be on next to his ballot. But uh, I, I would have liked to have seen Joe Nathan uh, stay on the ballot while the standards for good closers, good relief pitchers uh, evolve a little bit, and and you know give him uh, you know six, seven, eight more years to uh, to build his case and build a vote total. So for Twins fans, it was a that was a mixed bag. You know, David Ortiz is the biggest mistake uh, player-wise that the Twins have ever made, uh, releasing a Hall of Famer. Um, so that was good news but bad news. And same at the bottom. I'm glad Tory hung on to the ballot another year. But uh, I wish Joe Nathan had gotten a couple more votes. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're coming up on uh, the, the Joe Maurer debate beginning. Is Joe Maurer a Hall of Famer? And yeah, that's two two years away. Uh, next yeah. year, uh, since we're talking about relief pitchers, Glenn Perkins is uh, yeah. going to be on the pallet next year. Yeah, and the the that that'll be a, a fun debate about Joe Maurer because mm-hmm. when he was a catcher, he he seemed to be on track to be an absolute no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. But when he went over to first base and 
you know, didn't have traditional first base run production over there, it, it, it becomes a little muddy. But early in his career when he was catching, it was like, yeah, those guys, you know, a shoe-in uh, for the and Hall he of was, Fame. He was there for nearly a decade. I, I think Joe, I don't think he'll make first ballot, but I do think Joe will get in uh, easier than most people think. I, I think... He uh, made a case during those 10 years, three batting titles, uh, an MVP award. There, you know, this is a time, this is an era when, when catching uh, and that level of catching is virtually non-existent. And I think uh, Joe does very well by comparison. Uh, I, you're, you're right, the first baseman years were a little more mundane, uh, stood out less, but I think almost a decade behind the plate will... Uh, end up carrying him uh, maybe four or five years from now. About that. All right, Phil, good to visit with you as always. Take care. Okay, Steve, I hope next time's from Fort Myers. Yeah, that'd be great. Phil Miller joining us. He covers uh, the major leagues and the Twins for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll check the Farmers Insurance Open uh, leaderboard from San Diego here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. We've got all the news and weather at 5 o'clock. It's been a quiet weather day. Very good news indeed. Timberwolves are idle today. Uh, They came off for a road trip where they won one in Portland, then got beat by Golden State and Phoenix. Uh, We'll talk little Timberwolves next hour. Also, uh, the Wild got a win in New York. They came back to beat the Rangers. Uh, They're scheduled to play the Islanders tomorrow night, but uh, terrible weather along the East Coast. New York up to Boston. The old Northeast are dropping a lot of snow. So uh, we'll, we'll certainly check that wild schedule. But uh, good win over the Rangers in New York last night. And uh, the wild continue their very good play coming out of that NHL's Winter Classic on that bitterly cold night at Target Field where they didn't play very well. Uh, definitely uh, doing good work as of late. PGA Tour final round of the Farmers Insurance Open. A rare Saturday end of the Farmers Insurance Open in San Diego to make room for the NFL tomorrow. A Luke List and Will Zalatoris are your leader at 15 under par. List is on 17. Uh, the other leaders have just made the turn. So List and Zalatoris at minus 15. Justin Rose, Billy Horschel, John Rahm, Jason Day all one back early on the back nine. So a handsome leaderboard. Ryan Palmer, Cameron Tringali in a group at 13 under par. Should be a great finish at Torrey Pines today. And then, of course, football tomorrow. It'll feature the AFC Championship game early on CBS at 2 o'clock. Cincinnati at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City favored by 7, the over-under, 54-and-a-half. And then uh, later in the day at 5.30 in L.A., uh, the Rams host the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Rams favored by 3-and-a-half, the over-under, uh, a very low 45-and-a-half. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, Southwest Light Rail. It'll take another five years to finish and another $500 million. Senator Dave Osmick, Republican from Mound, in a moment. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.